Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Marina Krakowski. She is a Silicon Valley-based social science and business journalist with a degree from Stanford University, and she's also the author of a new book called The Middleman Economy, How Brokers, Agents, Dealers, and Everyday Matchmakers Create Value and Profit. Um, Her articles and essays have appeared in Discover, the New York Times Magazine, Scientific American, Scientific American Mind, O, the Oprah Magazine, Psychology Today, Slate, Fast Company, Stanford Magazine, The Washington Post, Wired, and more. So welcome, Marina. Thank you, Linda. Okay, so tell us about the middleman, because this is an interesting concept. Uh, What is it that you mean when you say middleman? What actually counts as a middleman? Yeah, well, you know, intuitively, I think we all understand what a middleman is. It's a person who stands between to others in some way and maybe transfer something between one and the other. But there is another definition I came across in my reporting that I think is more useful and more interesting, and it comes from a venture capitalist. Um, Now, he says that a middleman in a network is someone who connects nodes in the network to increase the value of the network. And what I like about it is it focuses on on the positive, first of all, the value creation. But, um, you know, it also encompasses so many different types of middlemen. So it's both specific and uh, in general. And so middlemen could be venture capitalists. uh, They could be real estate agents. They could be retailers or headhunters, meeting planners, literary agents. There are so many different types of middlemen, every industry has one. And if you think about internet marketplaces like OpenTable and, and TaskRabbit and Uber, these are also middleman businesses. Um, there, there are so many. I mean, editors and producers and um, podcasters, they're middlemen between sources of information and their audience. And, um, you know, in our personal lives, even if you're not a professional middleman, um, you are in a position to increase the value of your own network by making the right kinds of uh, introductions. So I think all of us are middlemen in, in one way or another. Oh, interesting. So we, this is something, and again, I think about the middleman, something standing between two others, but I love this definition, connecting nodes in the network and adding value. So as marketers, why is it so important that we understand this concept? Okay, so first of all, marketers are clearly middlemen. They connect okay. these products and services to customers who hopefully need that product. Um, In some companies, a marketer might be a middleman between product development and sales. Um, And I think, you know, in any job, it's easy to get caught up in the minutia of your your day-to-day work, Um, but it's important to keep sight of the big picture, what value you're ultimately creating. And so I believe that if you think of yourself as a middleman, um, with all the you know, high-level roles and responsibility that that title entails, which you know, I, I'm happy to talk about as well. Um, if you think of it that way, then it really helps you remember what you're really after and gives you some guidelines for how to do your job better. Okay, that makes sense. And I, I would also think from a marketing perspective that we have to think about the middlemen and our clients and customers, right? And, and how do we 
you know, provide value to the real estate agent or the headhunter or the podcaster, whoever. I mean, so it seems well, to me that's true. another I mean, way that marketers need it, to talk to middlemen. Exactly. Well, that's that's the other side of it. I, I we are all middlemen, but we also deal with middlemen in our in our um, lives, and, and certainly marketers do that as well. Mm-hmm. So now, a lot of people don't like that term middlemen. Uh, it yeah. sort of has some negative connotations, as if you're in the middle and in the way. So, why do you think that is, and how do we get around that? Yeah, this is so interesting. I and mean, this is one of the things that really fascinated me about middlemen from the get-go. It's like I know that they're essential, but people really don't like middlemen, or at least they don't like people who they think fall under that um, umbrella. And, you know, it's an idea that goes way back. People have always had the suspicion that middlemen don't do anything. And, in fact, you know, even worse, that they slow things down and, and add costs. Um, one economist said that society honors those who build better mousetraps but suspect those who market mousetraps better. So this this uh, suspicion of middlemen really goes way back, you know, to the way people think about um, merchants and bankers and, and so on throughout history. And I think there are a few reasons for this. So uh, one is just that the work of a middleman is less visible and less concrete. You know, like you, you don't actually have a mousetrap. You haven't created the mousetrap. You've created something more intangible. Um, and another reason is a tendency toward uh, zero-sum thinking. There's this idea that is, you know, that is really wrong, that if somebody takes a cut of a transaction, that leaves less for everybody else, whereas a middleman can actually increase the size of the pie, and their little piece of it is, is just a fraction of that. Um, so, you know, in terms of your question about how do you, how do you get around that, I think it's, it's really clear. Um, I think it's really important that you be clear on the value that you bring, that you have this model in your mind that I am enabling a transaction that would not otherwise occur at all. And um, what I am earning as a, as a commission or as a fee is just a fraction of the value that I have created. Oh, interesting. Now, uh, a lot of people said the Internet would eliminate middlemen, right? We can go directly to a manufacturer, to a brand, to a company. We don't have to have dealers or distributors or retail stores. Yeah. But you're saying now that middlemen are even more prevalent. How is that? Yeah, oh, this is so interesting. Um, you know, economic statistics actually show that this this is the case, that, for example, there's an economist uh, at the Kellogg School, Daniel Spolber, who analyzed the fraction of the GDP that um, it, middlemen's activities comprise. So back in 1999, this is the early days of the, of the Internet, um, middlemen constituted uh, 25% of the economy, and by 2010, that figure had risen to 34%, so from about a quarter to a third. So just as wow. the Internet was growing, middlemen's role was growing as well. And, uh, you know, with, since then, with the rise of companies like Uber and um, Airbnb, the percentage has actually risen. Um, so, you know, what, what's interesting is people had this idea that the Internet would lower transaction costs because the economic reasoning for, for middlemen is that they reduce transaction costs, the cost of mm -hmm. engaging in a trade, right? Um, and the Internet was supposed to uh, reduce the need for middlemen because transaction costs, would fall, you know, distribution would be a lot cheaper. Um, we can do this all ourselves. Middlemen would therefore become less necessary. But what has happened? 
if you think about it, is that transaction costs have actually fallen across the board. So they've fallen for us, but they've also fallen for the middlemen. And in most cases, middlemen's transaction costs have fallen faster than, than ours as consumers um, or as producers because middlemen specialize, so they're more efficient. So they're still reducing our transaction costs, even in an age of lower transaction costs. That's fascinating, and, and I had not, until we spoke today, thought about the fact that Uber or Airbnb or OpenTable or TaskRabbit are actually middlemen. Yeah, so, it's, it's so interesting, yeah. yeah, because people often say, well, um, you know, cut out, we're cutting out the middleman, you know, like a person who starts um, an online marketplace, we're cutting out the middleman, but really what they're replacing, what they're saying is they're replacing um, a traditional, maybe less efficient type of middleman with themselves, but they're still a middleman. And if you think about it, for example, TaskRabbit, I need to hire someone to move or to carry something or to fix something. I used to have to go find that myself, and now TaskRabbit introduces this middleman process that goes and says, here's 100 people, choose the one you want. Same yeah, thing with Airbnb, here's 100 places yes, yes. in San Francisco, choose <laughs> the one you want. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're dealing with that big issue of trust, right? Yep. They're, they're screening the people, and ideally, um, I've looked at tracks Task Rabbit. You know, they don't give you a hundred names; they give you a few. You know, just right. a small handful. So th that reduces your decision making complexity. Yeah. Right, but you know that they're there. You know that there's all this network behind it. It's not some guy standing in a in a corner with two people. Yeah. Exactly. You know they've got this, this process in there. So I guess it's the trust, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So how about the idea of gatekeepers? Has the Internet reduced the power of, of gatekeepers, and, and how does that work? Yeah, it's, 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 it's complicated. The, the gatekeeper story is complicated. So first of all, gatekeepers are middlemen, clearly. Okay. Right? Um, it's complicated because there's so many things going on at the same time. So if you think about um, gatekeepers um, such as magazines and, and newspapers, you know, or uh, radio and TV producers and so on, they're all dealing with uh, declining readership or audience share and declining advertising revenue for these traditional media. Um, and they're also lower distribution costs for online media. And I think that in essence, what, I, what has happened is that traditional gatekeepers have lost some power, that this power has become more spread out, more splintered. So just think about like Time Magazine, what a big deal that was um, 20 years ago. Um, but think about um, its power and influence today, the readers and revenue that it's lost. So those kinds of gatekeepers have lost some of their power. But in their place, think about what has emerge, the many, many more new media. And these are also gatekeepers. So think of the gazillion blogs and podcasts out there, right? Just think about podcasts in very niche areas, right? They cover very niche topics, uh, topics and they've become um, middlemen because they don't just publish their own content, um, and they have to make selections, you know, to open and close those gates. Um, you know, just think about yourself, and you, you have to choose the guests that you bring onto your show to make sure that they're appropriate for your readers. That's very much a gatekeeping role. So, Interesting. Um, there, there are just so many people like that now. Yeah, the, the world has become much more connected, and as a result, there are actually more of these, these hubs, these, these middlemen throughout the network. 
So it's interesting. So in one sense, having so much more information and access to so many more things increases the need for middlemen and gatekeepers to to help us make sense of it, to maybe curate some of this and say, here's what's yes. useful, here's what's not. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I'm more information creates more confusion. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, in in many ways, yes, that's what middlemen do to a large extent. Mm-hmm. So tell me about from looking at a, at the way, and this is so fascinating. I'm, I'm just really enjoying this. But in looking at the way that marketers can think about becoming more valuable as a middleman, what can we do to become more valuable to our clients and customers? Yeah. Well, so, you know, in the book I lay out six roles that middlemen play across industries, and not every industry um, really needs all those six uh, roles. Um, But when I think about marketers uh, across industries, uh, there are three that really stand out as probably being the most relevant. Um, And these are the certifier, the enforcer, and what I call the concierge. Um, So a certifier, you know, whether your business is a service or product, as a marketer, you have to vouch first and foremost for the quality of your of your offerings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so people trust you. I mean, we were talking about trust earlier. People trust you when you stake your reputation on the quality of every transaction, and people lose their trust in you when what they buy from you fails to deliver on your promises. So that's something for marketers to keep in mind. You have to be careful about what products you ally yourself with because you have to put your own reputation on the line. You can't just be a hired gun. You know, I'll promote anything. Okay? So that's that's what I call the certifier role. Uh, second is, is uh, the enforcer role, and this really becomes relevant when you're dealing with a, a service business, but it can also be relevant in a product business when, when there's um, a support role and people need to be able to come back and um, deal with problems that might arise. Um, so there's an accountability problem. How do you keep the seller, you know, your client is a seller, right? How do you mm-hmm. keep the seller honest and doing good work? And that's what an enforcer does. So middlemen are well positioned for this role um, because they have repeated interactions with both sides. And, and this is actually true across the board uh, for middlemen is they have these repeated interactions, and that's where their ability to build a reputation really comes, um, comes from. Um, one of my favorite examples is a wedding planner, and this is a person we don't traditionally think of as a, as a middleman. But what what a, what a wedding planner is is a middleman between all these vendors um, and the bride, and the bride is a one-time customer. And right. It's very easy for the bride to be um, kind of taken advantage of, you know, her naivete and the fact that she's not in a position to buy from you again. But a wedding planner has um, a lot more leverage than the individual bride does because the wedding planner does business with the same vendors over and over again, and that can keep those um, vendors on their toes, the florists, the photographers, the musicians, and so on. And so I think you know this is true of marketers in any um, service business. When you're marketing a product, um, you're, you're, um, you're really making sure, or I mean a service, you're really making sure that that um, service um, really delivers, and you can be in a position to do that because you're a repeat. Um, you have a, this kind of ongoing relationship with with that service. Right. And then finally, yeah, finally there's um, there, there's a concierge role, and I think this is one that you'll probably be able to relate to, Linda, um, because it really it really has to do with with marketing above the noise, right? 
um, you know, um, the concierge solves this problem of information overload. Um, in the abundance of information provided um, by the Internet, customers can get lost. And that's you know true not just because of noise like a lot of maybe bad bad information out there but even if the information is of high quality, um, and the consumer solved this problem by quickly guiding um, uh, customers to what they need. Um, you see this with with travel agents very easily because you know now there are fewer travel agents than there were before the internet and before mm -hmm. airlines cut their commissions. But there are still travel agents who are doing really well, and what they're doing is they're taking the hassle and complexity out of planning a trip. They're not just order takers; they're planning these complex itineraries and helping you make the best decisions in a in a in a complex, high stakes, you know, expensive purchase. And I think that's something that we can all learn from. How interesting. So really what, what's happened is the level of involvement of the middleman has gone up. So before, where 15, 20 years ago I used to call and get a travel agent who would book a hotel room or get me a flight or something, we can do that ourselves. But when you need the complex piece and, and someone to manage the perhaps international logistics or something, that's when the middleman adds value. Precisely, exactly, and, and so I think that if you're thinking of yourself as as a as a middleman, you can figure out uh, places where you can add value by managing this kind of complexity. You don't want to be reinventing the wheel or doing something that someone can just as easily do for themselves. Interesting, yeah. fascinating. Well, thank you, Marina. And before we finish, I want to find out uh, for those who are listening and want to find out more about your book, how do they reach you? Is there a website? Where would they find you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have my own website, but my last name can be tricky um, to spell. So um, the best place to go would be themiddlemaneconomy.com, and that just takes you right back to my own website. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. We've been chatting with Marina Krakowski. She's the author of The Middleman Economy, How Brokers, Agents, Dealers, and Everyday Matchmakers Create Value and Profit. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. It's been a pleasure. Great. Until next time, this is Linda Popke, and thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, contact us at www.leverage2market.com.